This is MPN. So let's see, what time is it here? This is 22. Okay. Just taking a break in the middle of the podcast. Taking a <laughs> That's break. What we do. That's what we do. Taking a break okay. to look up things. Okay. <clears throat> Three, two, one. Welcome to MPN. Uh, it's October. The leaves are changing somewhere. Certainly not here. And uh, that can only mean it's time for the baseball playoffs. So for the first time in MPN history, we have a three-man pod to discuss baseball's divisional round. History in the making, everybody. I'm joined by our friend Josh Penn-Boris, who helped me break down the AL West earlier this year. How are you, Josh? Doing well, doing well. And a, a first-time guest, but one who is no stranger to podcast, Jimmy Bowman. How are you, Jimmy? Good. How are you, Ryan? I am... I, too, am well. Okay. Jimmy has guested a couple of times. He's guested a couple of times on uh, on that baseball show uh, with our friends Matt Melton and Cody Fitch, which you should all uh, check out. Um, I'll also be uh, m- contributing a lot more in the future. Oh, really? Uh, yes. So, Oh. It, did uh, they bring you in on Skype, or did they fly you out to Idaho? I flew out one time. Okay. Because uh, it was July 4th, and I have family. Yeah. Okay. And then I Skyped in the other time, because it was not July 4th, and I have family. Okay. Yeah. I apologize. I did not listen to that episode. I would have. I would have known that you would have skyped in. So oh, I'm. I, I'm going to need to get caught up on that baseball show. I think yeah, it so. is. It is the uh, the award version. Oh, okay. where we talk way too long about uh, Bryce Harper being choked by Jonathan Pappelbaum. <laughs> well, I mean, what else can you really talk about that happened at that point? So, yeah, you can't really. Um, but uh, but yeah, we're going to be getting this out. The AL wild card game just ended with the Houston Astros defeating the New York Yankees, so they will face off against your Kansas City Royals in the first round of the American League Division Series. And I think we're going to start right there. Um, so, Josh, yes, you're our AL correspondent. I am. You like you like the American League. You like the designated hitter. You're, I do. You're a do. fan of a team in the American League. I am. I am. And that's the Astros? What team is that? <sighs> that's the Seattle I, Mariners, everybody. Uh, do you remember where you picked them to finish? Because I sure don't. Uh, I believe I uh, I hedged um, hedged against the Jinx and picked them to play second. Okay. Okay. Um, but I'm pretty sure I went... Angels, Mariners, uh, Oakland, Astros, oh, Rangers. Okay. So right. I got all it's messed up. It's just sort of up. flipped, right? <laughs> you, need, you need to invert that. Apparently. I got all sorts of wrong. <laughs> it's the opposite. Um, well, now, I mean, because I think you look at this Astros team against the Royals, and I feel like the conventional wisdom is, th- is that you have a pitching-heavy Royals team, I mean, that's how they got to the World Series last year, sort of based mainly on their pitching. Mm-hmm. And you look at the Astros as more of a offensive-heavy team. Um, I mean, that would be kind of the conventional wisdom yeah. that you would maybe think about. Um, and those were kind of, like, uh, I think, the narratives from, as you were saying, last year, mm-hmm. especially, you know, with the kind of uh, of team the Astros were building yeah. in the off season, Which is why I was so excited about them. Yep. That's why I was so excited. but. Tell us what. Tell us why it's flipped. So yeah. So I, you know, as conventional wisdom, uh, that kind of was was how we saw it. 
But then as I started to do more research and, and, and think about it and, and look at the numbers, uh, it's, it's actually, um, it's, it is, it is flipped because Kansas City, uh, sustained a lot of, um, Kansas City had a lot of, uh, breakouts kind of last year offensively of people who, who finally were putting it together. So you had like Hosmer and Mustakas who had been, you know, heralded prospects for years and, and had been hyped for so long. It's like, oh, one day they're going to break out. And people, you know, they're, there are articles written, there were obituaries, you know, uh, written about how Mustakis and Hosmer and these guys, you know, were, were, were busts. All high draft picks. And yeah. They, and they kind of got their feet wet last year. And yeah. They, they, they came out on this big stage and, and everybody kind of saw the potential that the Royals would have seen in them when they originally drafted yeah. them pretty much. And, and people kind of thought that it was, it was, you know, some kind of, uh, uh, you know, energy kind of thing or, or, mm-hmm. you know, that, that ephemeral team chemistry that, yeah. that something about that run and they're all, they're all going together kind of brought the best out of them. But, you know, they had been busts for so long. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, enjoy this while it lasts. Right. Uh, but strangely, those guys have all maintained it. And the one guy, the one prospect that had lived up to his hype, uh, Alex Gordon, you know, has battled injuries a lot and has, uh, hasn't been as great this year, but his teammates have stepped up to fill that hole that Alex Gordon, uh, going down for part of the season. Yeah, I feel like a lot created. of people were shoveling dirt on them when they, yeah. when he was going to be out for so long. Yeah, they're like, oh, Alex Gordon, yeah, oh, okay. good, good luck yeah. now. Yeah. Um, so you have uh, actually their best offensive player was Lorenzo Cain, yeah, which is incredible because he's a great center fielder. Mm-hmm. And to be like, oh, he's also, uh, you know, coming through for you. They actually had uh, so the main thing that I'll, that I'll be using to kind of talk about the offense is OPS. People not uh, familiar with that? That's on base plus slugging. So that you know, uh, it gets it gets you more information than average because uh, you want to know that on base. You want to know. Because you also want guys who can walk too. Because it's mm-hmm. the most important to get on base, no matter how you get on. And then slugging kind of more tells you they didn't just get a hit; they got doubles, triples. You yeah, know, they didn't things just like getting that. like salt, like singles up the middle or something. They're actually yeah. driving the ball, and then they're yeah, yeah. Getting, so you getting want in scoring position. You want to kind of look around for for OPS to kind of really let you know. Uh, it, it's an easier number to kind of wrap your head around that still lets you know how good a player was offensively. Mm-hmm. So, kind of in in the seven hundreds and the low to mid seven hundreds is kind of an average player. And really, once you're trying to get to the 800s, that's a good that's a a, a good player. Yeah. And then you start getting to the 900s; those are the 1, best players. And everything, yeah. And then and then you get to like yeah. the 1200s, and you get Barry yeah. Bond right. years. Yeah. Uh, but so um, Kansas City actually, uh, I'd have to Kansas City, I think uh, I is either tied with the J is right around the Jays uh, as having the highest numbers of guys over 800 OPS. They've got Lorenzo Cain. Uh, Kendris Morales, who, as a Mariners Ooh. fan, breaks my heart that yeah. that's that that he has found that so many people come to the Mariners are good, come to the Mariners and suck, leave and then are great again. And uh, so uh, you've got Lorenzo Cain, Kendris Morales, Eric Hosmer, Mike Mustakis. Uh, they're great. Uh, um, uh, uh, not all star break. They're great uh, trade deadline pickup. Mm-hmm. Ben Zobrist. Yeah. Um, and Alex Gordon for when he's playing, all he's, OPSing he's over 800 all the time. Zobrist, yeah. Like with this at some point he's gonna have war. That's or you know he 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 he's, he's not gonna be worth nearly as much as everybody thinks. He's just he's been like yeah the guy to get for so long. He was like a hidden gem in Tampa Bay. Like oh we're gonna exactly. hide this guy for so long. Oh yeah, he, and now he had that season knows. in Tampa Bay where I think he was top five WAR for them in the AL. Yeah, and yeah, everyone like no one like, knew that. Yeah, who is this stats. guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, but it's really interesting. I mean, it's strange, I guess. I think because you talk about the conventional wisdom because 
I think about the all-star voting. Yeah. And you think about all these guys that were, I mean, they were almost had an entire, and I would have wanted it so badly. I think Jimmy and I talked about it a few times that like, we just want all the Royals to play on the American League All-Star team just to shine a light on how terrible the voting system is. That's a whole other thing yeah. for a whole other day. But, I mean, what was it? Omar Infante had the lowest OPS in baseball for an everyday player. He was one of the worst everyday players in baseball. Almost started the All-Star game at second base. And the G- I think it was the GM for the Royals said during the uh, All-Star game's debacle yeah. that he's like I think people are treating him like Derek Jeter they know he's near the end of his career <laughs> and right, uh, really? yeah he said that he's like oh I think it's just it's more of a tribute to the player he was than the player he is <laughs> yep uh, like, oh, okay, all right. Are you sure Omar Infante has that place in people's hearts? Are we handing out gifts to Omar Infante every <laughs> single stop that the Royals made? Like, I don't think you know, man. Be. Jeter's gone. You got to find someone. Uh, someone, yeah. You got to give gifts to someone. There's a there's a hole in the world's heart, and you got to <laughs> Omar Infante fill what that do hole. You give Omar Infante as a gift for his retirement. Uh, I don't even know. Like, a, I mean, a baseball. Yeah. <laughs> Here, go do something with this. For you, once. give him a plaque that says you played baseball. <laughs> baseball spelled wrong or something yeah. like yeah so i mean you flip it on this on the astros and we talked about yeah. at length how much how, what their home run prowess yeah. is and that is undeniable they yeah they hit they tonight. hit 230 home runs yeah which is second in the american league yeah yeah and it's and it's i mean that is a high number a very high number but the thing that i loved when i was when i was comparing those stats is they hit 230 home runs but they also struck out 400 times more than the Royals. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The Royals struck out somewhere in the 900s, yeah. and the Astros struck out in the 1300s. Yeah. Uh, so, insane. So, you... That's great. They, I mean, they, mm-hmm. they they were a three-true-outcomes team, for the most part. Though they didn't walk that much. <laughs> so, but they still were able to get it done, though. Yeah, yeah. But, but, they're, but they have had... Obviously, much better pitching than they got yes. last year, and that kind of vaulted because they had a great exactly. offense last year too. Yeah. But that kind of vaulted them up, especially in the bullpen. They were thirtieth in the bullpen ERA last yeah. year. This year, among the playoff teams, they're fourth uh, in bullpen yeah. ERA. So, and, and they had you know you had Keuchel cementing. You know, Keuchel kind of, kind of came out of nowhere last year, and people were like, mm-hmm. can he repeat? And he just cemented yeah. how good he was. Uh, and he was a major force for kind of anchoring that rotation. He won 20 he, games yeah. this year. Yeah. I mean, that's unbelievable. And, uh, and McHugh, you know, continued again, another guy who they were, who people weren't sure whether he would continue, also mm-hmm. continued. You had Lance McCullers come up. Yeah. And he's been great, uh, the rookie. And then they picked up Scott Casimir, uh, who's been not as great. Not as great. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's hard to say, but it's Scott Casimir because he was, Pitching for the Skeeters for a while, so <laughs> yeah. you know with Scott Casimir, you never know. But started from the bottom, now we here. That's, that's right. That's it. Then back to the bottom, then here yeah. again, then <laughs> then who knows? But but still, you know, if we're talking playoff rotations, you got Keuchel, McHugh. Uh, it'll be interesting to see whether they go with McCullers, the rookie yeah. uh, or or they try and go. Oh no, you know, Casimir's the veteran. So, yeah. but well, that'll be that'll be their first home game. So the you know they may feel comfortable. Putting Casimir out there and then yeah. see, you know, because if they're, I think if it's tied, they put Casimir out there and maybe mm-hmm. if they're down to, but then they got McCullers ready too. Yeah, yeah. So they can always back. Yeah, him I mean, up with it, it. they got to put him in at some point. Yeah. So whether it was a ninety-five mile an hour changeup, for God's sake. I mean, yeah. the guy, the guy's got great stuff. The command is leaves a little to be desired, but yeah. Um, but yeah. So so now the the I mean the the we talk about bullpen ERAs with the. 
Houston's. Kansas City, what has sort of changed with their pitching? I mean, are they not the pitching force that you thought they would be, maybe? I mean, well, they lost. The, the, the funny thing is, is they lost James Shields, who was their, their, uh, workhorse. Ace. <laughs> yeah. I'm putting in extreme air quotes. air quotes. Big game, James. Big game, right. James. Yeah. Um, he was their number one. Yeah. So, but he, but he wasn't an ace pitcher. He, he was, uh, he was a solid, uh, he was leader. solid. He was yeah. a solid workhorse. He was fine. Um, but, you know, they had, uh, you know, they had Ventura doing mm-hmm. great. Um, Jamie Guthrie did okay. You know he did yeah. Jamie Guthrie things, but they had but they really had that shutdown bullpen last year, yeah. and so they had they had a good enough rotation to keep them in, and then they had a lights out bullpen, and so and so it, yeah, so it was pitching, and and mm-hmm. it, it's, and they had great defense, and you had uh, and then you had you know really you had that push of the as we were talking earlier yeah. of those guys finally putting it together yeah. offensively, but now so now this season. You know, it it's it's you have you have it's good that this that they have their uh, their offense really clicking right. and their defense is also um, it's also great yep. this year because their pitching's taken a bit of a step back. Um, you know, it's like do you really trust a rotation of Ventura Ventura who was sent down mm-hmm. partway through the season and came back has been good. He came back the next day because. Jeremy Guthrie got injured. Yeah. <laughs> that was the reason. They're like, all right, just get some work in the bullpen down there or, yeah. you know, in the AAA. And they're like, well, now we need you again. <laughs> Hope you're good. So just turn around and come on back. But it got to the point where they felt they at least needed to send him down. Yeah. But, um, isn't, that, but isn't that kind of the idea? I feel like at the end of every World Series or at the end of most playoff runs, it's the teams that have the middle relief. It's the teams that have the mm-hmm. defense. And they have just enough offense to to get it done. And I feel like... With this Royals team, they do those things so well. I mean, yeah. even without Greg Holland, who's injured now yeah. and is gone for the rest I mean, of the it, season. Yeah, and it's, good, still it's got, good. You still got, yeah. I mean, Kelvin Herrera. You still got Wade Davis. And, He's incredible. Yeah, and, and these, they also uh, tossed, I think, Danny Duffy into the... Uh, the Cueto trade. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, getting, yeah. Danny, yeah, Danny Duffy's getting tossed into the bullpen, too, now. Yeah. He was starting for them a little while. The Chris yeah. Medlin, as well. Yeah. So yeah. They yeah. got a bunch of converted... Relievers converted to starters, yeah. converted back to relievers. But that's what they can do. And Ned Yost probably. I was learned... Madsen too. Ryan Madsen, yeah, has been doing well. And and so I think that they can that they could maybe learn from last year. And with that great bullpen, he was sort of doing it a little bit towards the end in the World Series. Is that you can just put these sandwiches guys together and say, all right, Jeremy Guthrie, if you're going to go three innings, just give us three good innings, and we'll throw. And now that they have these starters. These yeah. converted starters who can really pitch three, four, five innings, yeah. if they need to. Um, so I think that that is such a strength. Even do you if think it's... Nost? Do you think uh, Nost? Yeah. That, that's Ned Yost. It, yeah, it's just way nosed. easier to say. It. Just Nost. Yeah. I uh, do you think Yost will will go to his bullpen early enough. I think he will. I think he learned from last year. You would think. Mm-hmm. I feel like people gave him so much crap in the wild card game last year mm-hmm. for going to Ventura, and then he kind of shied away from a little bit, but then was back on board. I mean. Guthrie started Game Seven of the World Series, and he only went like two innings. I mean, mm. you know, Hudson didn't go that long either. But he knows he knows what he has, and yeah. I mean, you can't do that during the season. But I think in the playoffs is a whole different animal, yeah. Matt Williams, and uh, so and, and so. I think that they probably have enough. They have the the elements to shut down that home run hitting offense in Houston. Mm-hmm. So, who do you think wins? Who you know, you I I think it's rough because I I think I really like Houston's one two three, um, Off, or, uh, oh, p- pitching, pitching wise, pitching wise, pitching wise, and so uh, so I think it 
you know, Houston has such a boom and bust team. And we talked mm-hmm. about this, yeah. you know, when, when we broke down the AL West. And and this year they had amazing booms, but they had some bad bust times. And especially, you know, they, they really limped into the playoffs this mm-hmm. year. Um, and so and so it's like if they, they have that good one, two, three, if they can hit some booms, if their guys can click. And, you know, they had, they had this great – they did exactly what they needed to against the Yankees yeah. where they had Keuchel – Shut him down, and then they got you know what was Erasmus home run, yeah, Carlos Gomez, um, Carlos Gomez, and then a single by uh, by uh, Altuve, and that was it. So exactly, yeah. and it, the, I mean that needed. that right there is the Astros formula. Mm-hmm. You have your you have your starter shut him down. You get a couple home runs, um, you know, and Sip and Gregerson and stuff. They were yeah. great shutting down the Yankees, even when they got yeah. to the bullpen. So so that that's what the Astros need to be able to do. Um, and it's what it's you know Keiko going on not as much rest whether yeah. he can continue to do this um, Keuchel, you know I think yeah I think Keiko and 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 I think Cueto while he hasn't shown it I mm-hmm. think he could, I think he's probably going to be yeah. big and I think that'll be a fun matchup if they yeah. can yeah. if if they can can get those two um, but Ventura is still I think he's still good yeah. too I mean I I I don't I think that maybe they can't match him one through three yeah but I think that. It's like seventy or eighty percent of their one two, and so I think that that at least to me kind of mitigates that pitching advantage. That that, yeah, have. that's so. what that's and Kansas needs to wear them down. They yeah. need to to wear yeah. down those pitchers, and uh, I think that's their their biggest thing. But but they've got a great offense, and so I think I think over time I would I would I'm going to go with Kansas. Okay, I think I think the Astros will make it competitive. I think they'll win. A game or two, yeah. At least, at least one. I, okay. I I can't see this as a sweep at all. Okay, but yeah. I, I I okay. I'll go right now. I'll, I think it'll go to game five. Okay, um, but I think Kansas will in the end take it. All right. So, I think I think the Royals in four. I think the Royals okay. in four. I had that because I I picked the Yankees to win the game tonight. Yeah, and I still I say it's the exact same thing. I think I think the, okay. the reasons for that. I think they're going to win. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think yeah, like can't. Uh, the Houston might get one, maybe at home. Yeah, but I think yeah. that it probably is ends in four games. Yeah. So now to the National League. Very interesting matchups overall. There's really interesting matchups in the American League, but I think in the National League, there's some really. I mean, like, overall, I'm more excited for this for this postseason for a non any of our teams being in yeah. it. I think I think it's it's a lot of fun for me. I mean, it, it's as, really interesting. Yeah, as a Mariners fan, I've need needed to watch a lot of postseasons not involving my <laughs> team in, in the you guys in are the, the recent the and not drought, too recent route, past, right? Yep. You the longest. So I, I'm, I'm I'm I mean, as I'm rooting for the for the Blue Jays. I mean, yeah. actually, a lot of these teams were once the Mariners were out. A lot of these teams were like, oh, this will be one of my yeah, playoff teams. So yeah. I I'm really excited this year. I've got a lot of teams I that so. I that I kind of bandwagoned of. Mm-hmm. Uh, of, of, of being exciting teams, and yeah. so and so, it's really interesting to see that that mix up. So now we can't really, and we'll get to you in a second, Jimmy. We can't really talk about one of the NLDS series because we haven't played the National Wild Card yet. Um, so in what I felt like was the toughest game to try to pick, a it's a one game playoff, so you have really zero idea who's going to do what. I mean, there's so many different variables and, you know, we can discuss the merits of the one game playoff if they're even, if we feel like there even are any, um, but there, there's financial merits. Yeah. Which you would think would even be mitigated. You could even do a three game series and make even more money, but yeah. whatever. Um, but it's the Cubs at 
Pittsburgh playing the Pirates. Yep. Two of the five best pitchers in the National League are going. Yep. Both would be a shoo-in for the Cy Young in the American League. Yeah. Even yep. though they're maybe the fourth and fifth best starters, we can argue, Garrett Cole and Jake Arrieta. Jake Arrieta, probably the, I mean, who knows, but I mean. Well, yeah, that, that, you, can't call, you can't call him anything but top three, yeah. Jake Arrieta. And really, you know, you'll find out when the Cy Youngs happen. Depending on what stat you look at, you have a different Cy Young winner. There's no clear cut between yeah. Arietta and Kershaw and uh, Granke. It's just kind of what you like your pitchers to be and represent it will be what you mm-hmm. get for your Cy Young. Yeah, which I mean, it could probably you could probably have a winner with like a third of the vote. Oh yeah, <laughs> like it just because yeah. it's just going to be spread out so much. Um, maybe based on where you live and, and who you got to see the most. Um, but I guess are the Pirates that unlucky that they have to play in this game three different times and had to face Bumgarner last year and have to face Arietta this year because you could argue the Pirates are probably the most talented team in all of baseball. Yeah. I think there's what, I mean, really with use any metric, the Pirates are balanced. They have great pitching. They have a great offense. They have depth. They have everything that you could want and they could potentially not play for the and, World Series. And they're exciting on like, even the casual fan narrative level. They got fun players. McCutch is... Yeah. Cutch is Cutch. He's just mm-hmm. incredible to watch on all fronts. Garrett Cole, it's always fun to watch a young pitcher break out in ways you're not expecting. And then you got, like, those oldies, like uh, A.J. Burnett in his final season. Yeah. And he was buried and left for dead, like, a couple years ago. Yeah. And then he found it all back. And it's like... Yeah, it, he, had, he had three... Ba- he had, like, three seasons. It was like... One season was great with Pittsburgh. He he played in that. They, they he I think I'm pretty sure he pitched in that wild card game. He oh, yeah. started that wild card game. Yep. Then he went to Philadelphia, just bombed, and then went back down the turnpike or interstate or whatever they call it, back to Pittsburgh, and he's been great again. He oh just, yeah. And and, yeah. and they also picked up uh, Jay Happ from the Mariners. Yeah. Who who started started the season strong, then faded, and so the Mariners you know kind of saw the writing on the wall and 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 tossed them off. And who has put up a great second half of the season. Yeah, he pitched his way into the playoff rotation, basically. Yeah. yeah. And it gives them a solid one through four yeah. that they maybe not wouldn't wouldn't have had. Well, Volquez was kind of <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he was he, he he was a bit of a bump in the road, uh, especially last year. But um but this is the Pirates' third time playing in this game in a row. Kind of un, a little bit unfair, because the Cardinals have won the division the last three years. Um when I talked about the Central Division, I thought the Cubs wouldn't get to this point. I think they're talented enough, but I didn't think that they were going to. I thought they're inexperienced. Maybe they needed an extra year to kind of gel together. They gelled together really quickly, and it was kind of led by Jake Arrieta's pitching, frankly. Yeah. Um, I mean, can you run down some of his absolutely wonderful stats from the second half? Well, that's <laughs> I mean, the thing. It's it's this. He's been great all year round. The year-end stats are incredible, but the second-half stats are Pretty historic, bonkers. basically yeah. number one in most categories in all of MLB history for second half stats, and you know there's the caveat. It's an arbitrary marking point to mm-hmm. say second half after the All Star break, just because you know it's a relatively small sample size in the grand scheme of things. But it's still crazy. So he had uh, a .7 ERA or .75 ERA after the All Star break. Uh, 113 batters struck out to only 22 walks, and he allowed Ooh. a grand total of two homers. And how many the entire home, second half? How many home runs did he hit in the second half? Two. Two homers. He <laughs> yes. is he's a bigger threat 
to hit an extra base hit with his bat than he is to give up an extra base hit over the year. So home runs against home runs with Jake Arrieta is a zero sum game. Yes. Yeah, it just cancels. Just yeah. Oh, with the line through it. That's ba- it. Basically, he hit extra base hits at a five point five one percent rate and allowed extra base hits at a five point one three rate. Oh, God. So he's a better <laughs> hitter than he makes. Everybody Everyone else, else who pitch goes the, against the, him. The, the professional hitters that he has to face every fifth day. Um, and it was funny, too, because coming in, I mean, I was, looking at his, I was looking at his baseball reference page at the transactions. I'm like, wow, I, I know he came from the Orioles mm-hmm. from the American League. And he was kind of like, he was a fifth-round pick, didn't really ever, you know. But he was traded with Pedro Strop for, like, nothing. And it's like, Pedro Strop was in their bullpen and doing pretty well for them. And this guy now is a potential Cy Young winner starting the wildcard game for their playoff lives. He's also a guest star on a Season 2 episode of Veep. Is that right? This is, or it might be season one actually. Oh, okay. She meets she meets some of the Baltimore Orioles and Jake Arrieta, and Jake Arrieta, is, one Arrieta of them. is there, <laughs> and that was a sign he was not important enough. Yeah. To because uh, there was all the unimportant Orioles that yeah, she was like, meeting. Oh, we're actually doing things. Oh, but you guys could just go and film this episode for this show yeah. on HBO. So we got some lines like, "Hello, I'm Jake Arrieta." <laughs> uh, and now I'm going to win the Cy Young, maybe. He has that Julia Louis-Dreyfus touch now. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Oh, she's magic. She does it yeah. to everyone. Everything she, t- everything he touches. <laughs> well, do you think that that carries over the Julia Louis-Dreyfus touch into the game? I mean, what now? Do the Pirates? We've been talking a lot about Arietta. The Pirates are no slouch themselves with who they have on the mound. I mean, Cole. When I was looking at at both of these teams, I, I was like trying to go back and forth, like who's going to win? I have no idea. There's so many factors. Well, the Pirates are at home, but Arietta has been amazing. I was thinking, like, well, maybe I'll just check and see how have Cole and Arietta done against each other's teams. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that'll be a good thing. The stats are practically identical. They oh, both yeah. shut down each other's teams. I'm like, well, this is not helpful whatsoever. I think, well, maybe if the guy had a bad game or something, it makes zero sense. So I had the hardest time trying to figure it out. Um, and kind of what I landed on was just that I like Garrett Cole at home as opposed to on the road. That's really all I've got because I feel like the offenses are very similar. I feel like the they they I mean the, the the Pirates are a little bit worse defensively, but if Cole struggles, again I talked about bullpen ERAs, Pittsburgh's is number 1 in terms of playoff teams. So they have guys who can come in to potentially save uh Garrett Cole. Um I don't know where did you kind of land on this, and when you're trying to handicap, trying to pick this game, I went. I actually went the opposite direction. Um, Garrett Cole, uh, because this is the first year he's gone this many innings, he's gotten a little bit shakier as the years gone on. He's still been great in mm-hmm. most facets, but he's had the every the odd touchable outing, and he's going against a lineup that um, th- that he's facing a good quartet of lefties in the first and like in the top five, top six of the Cubs because he'll be going against. Fowler, who's a switch hitter. Mm-hmm. Dexter Fowler is leading off. He'll then be going against Anthony Rizzo, Lefty. then Kyle Schwarber, yeah. and then Chris Coughlin, who's no slouch himself and had some pretty good at-bats this year as well. Well, that's if Madden goes ops for Schwarber in left field. Yes. He, that we don't know. I mean, the lineup hasn't come out yet, but he's going to want to have Montero behind the plate, and that means putting Schwarber in left field, and that means potentially weakening your defense. Is Schwarber's offense... Enough that you would want to put him in. Yes, guys, he should. They should just DH him. Just DH oh, him. Come on, quiet no. down, you. We're, AL from the, man. we're from the league that likes strategy. Yeah, we <laughs> <laughs> uh, want to see pitchers hit 175 every year, except for Jake Arrieta. <laughs> yeah, and Madison Bumgarner and all these guys. Yeah, from what I suspect uh, and what I've heard about Madden is that he's likely to have, if they get 
two-run lead, three-run lead, or anything like that. He's likely to have a pretty quick trigger finger with a lot of the defensive substitutions and get a couple of those young stalwarts out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Baez is one I know that he's likely to just toss out his utility in any good spot because he's really solid. Um, and, And so Schwarber, I feel like if you go offense first, you stack it up that way, try to get, try to get some hits on him early on, and then trust your ace to do what he's been doing. Yeah. For months, which yeah. is allow nothing, no quarter, and just swallow the souls of the opposing lineup. Yeah. Like, that, that's the thing. I feel like Madden is creative and flexible enough to get to uh, Garrett Cole early and then seal the door on his way out. And and flexible and malleable are not two words you would use to describe uh, the Pirates coach. <laughs> well, no, no. Uh, Clint Hurdle. Clint Hurdle's been uh, he's he's been more flexible in years past than in years past. Yes, Clint Hurdle is a guy who, in part of the resurgence with the Pirates, was been his willingness to start embrace some more um, stat and uh, metric oriented lineups, start putting people in different uh, areas, and not just rely on kind of old baseball common wisdom and stuff like that like he like he did with the Rockies certainly mm-hmm. um he's still prone to some old timerism one of the big ones is having Ramos Ramirez bat cleanup yeah uh which is mm. just icky because he's not been any good but at the same time he's also going to be having Josh Harrison uh already we've heard coming in for the first game uh Josh Harrison who's been pretty good um I mean not against Arietta, but pretty good against yeah, most, right yeah, in yeah. his place yeah. <laughs> and uh uh, he might end up be taking over the Aramis Ramirez spot, but so far it looks like Aramis Ramirez is bad in cleanup, and mm. he's like I think two twenty four or something like that yeah. in that position. He hasn't been great since he came back. Uh, and the funny stat I heard is that with uh, McCutch uh, batting in front of him, Kutch has been like batting you know two two forty something pretty low, but his on base percentage has been four hundred because they're not pitching at him; they're just <laughs> yeah. trying to get just straight through to, get him to on Ramirez. Base. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just it, it's. It pains me so much because I hate the one-off wild card game, and I hate that the Pirates have to keep facing it. Yeah. But I just don't see any of them getting to Jake Arrieta. Yeah. You know, it's just when you're hot, you're hot, and you're gonna ride it. You know, there, there's there's only so much you can do. You you could be Daniel Larusa standing up against all like the bullies and like the Cobra Kai, but if mm-hmm. a hurricane comes through and destroys you, you're dead. <laughs> like you can't go against forces of nature. So he's dropping Karate Kid references on the uh, podcast. <laughs> well, I have uh, I got I was able to get uh, responses from a Pirates fan and from a Cubs fan in terms of I, I wanted to give kind of get take their temperature with this series because it's so hard and so close to call, and I thought their answers were really interesting. So the Pirates fan we have is our friend Justin Roush. Yep. From the NL Central podcast, um, he said, uh, "Arietta is not one you'd want to have a one-off with. Uh, as long as you don't give up a grand slam like last year, we should be a okay. And in the chance the Buckos lose, the Cubs better go all the way and fulfill the Back to the Future two prophecy." Yeah, so it's a very Justin Roush answer, very much <laughs> so. And so then our Cubs correspondent, all the way traveling from Barcelona, Spain, is Tom Tushinsky, yep. who's a huge yeah. Cubs fan. Uh, and he said, I'm not 100% confident, uh, but this Cubs team, unlike a lot of recent ones in the past, has found ways to win big games even when the odds were stacked against them. I think about the Cardinals series a couple of weeks ago. They got the big hits and pitches when they needed them, so they're bringing that confidence. Also, the depth of their lineup has been amazing. Finally, two words, Jake Arietta. He's on the mound, so I like our chances. And I told him, too, that I either want the Cubs to go all the way and win the World Series or to flame out miserably because they're the Cubs. Like, those are the only two outcomes that yeah. I want for the Cubs. Either just take it and go all the way or just 
blow a four run lead in the top of the ninth inning or something. You yeah. know, like that's that's what I want from my Cubs. That's that that will feel safe to me. Did you hear there was a GoFundMe to get uh, Bartman. Let's see, Bartman? Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't yeah, to see get that. to get him tickets to the game. Oh, uh, I think if anybody can find him, is, is <laughs> the see. most common reaction I saw was leave him alone. Yes, please. Let him live his quiet life. God. He deserves it. Because then. Imagine if he goes and something happens. He's nowhere near the play, but it's like, well, Bartman was there, so of course it happened. Yep. Oh, yeah. they would never be able to forget. They, him. they would crucify him in the parking lot. Do you think that? Do you think that that Cubs fans would embrace him the way Red Sox fans embrace Buckner once they finally won a World Series? Or do you feel like I that? Think a do, lot- do you feel like that because there's it's been over a hundred years, and I feel like it's maybe it would, would would it be difficult for them to forgive? Or do you think maybe like let's say the Cubs win the World Series? Bartman comes to throw out the first pitch in the game, first game next year, huh? That would <laughs> oh, be great. Man. Oh man! I feel like if I'm Bartman, I accept the money <laughs> and all the run over on the Kickstarter campaign. Yeah. Or whatever. I show up wearing my brand new Pirates hat, <laughs> yeah. and the moment any foul ball comes even close to near me, I'm swatting yep. it and grabbing it. I'm done. <laughs> Flipping off the crowd as I ride off on my so you know I went into a then I hop on a Billy Goat and ride off yeah (laughs) Yeah. I think I think what he does is he runs on the field and and tackles McCutcheon (laughs) and then just points to the whole crowd and and goes I did it for you (laughs) (laughs) I thought he was just going to bring one of those giant nets to the stadium too and just try to (laughs) to just try to catch any home run or foul ball at all (laughs) hey you bring your glove you get a ball. Um, well, now we're gonna we jump back to the American League Division series. Um, this one is a I think in name it's fun because you have the Blue Jays who had the longest playoff list streak and yep. went on a complete tear. Well, you don't need us to go over the moves that they made. No, um, they 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 brought in a lot of offense. They brought in a lot of great pitching. And um, and the crazy thing is is that not all those moves even worked out so far yeah and they're still incredible yeah like, i mean because they were pretty incredible before it was like man this this team is a wonderful offensively can they pitch at all maybe if they mm-hmm. can watch out yeah and they did exactly that in the second half after these guys came over so they face a rangers team that has quietly been just as hot I yeah. mean, maybe not just as hot, but I mean, pretty hot over this over the second half as well. Yeah. Also, yeah. maybe not quietly. Well, I mean, I, f- I feel like the Blue Jays majority of the time will get the headlines. I mean, we watch a lot of baseball, and I feel like yeah. people are like, "My God, the Blue Jays—they're winning every game, fourteen to two. And and so I, th- well, I think I feel yeah, yeah. I, I I think that the Blue Jays and their run in the second half gets more of the credit maybe than Texas does. As and as an ALS fan watching the Mariners and 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 paying attention to. Uh, the race up until the Mariners uh, bowed out gracefully. <laughs> okay, yeah, they, we'll they use that to terminology. Allow, they wanted to allow others yeah. to just kind of. They're like, no, it's cool. Yeah. It's cool. Um, Our catchers hit 160 this year. It's yeah. cool, man. Don't worry. <sighs> uh, even even then, even as an AL West fan, I I I woke up one day and looked and w- was like, the Rangers are doing this well now. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it caught me by surprise. Yeah. So I, I would say that it, especially with the hype that the Blue Jays had and all the trade deadline stuff, um, that you know I, I, I almost laughed when they picked up Cole Hamels. I was like, well, uh, okay. Yeah. And I think okay, a majority, good, good of the, on you. The majority of the people thought, well, it's good for next year. Yeah, exactly. Let's just let's just make a deal. Like, but that's so strange because I feel like GMs don't because you don't know if you're going to be there yeah. next year. You're not going to exactly. make a move, give up half your farm system. 
to now oh well no once everyone's healthy no then we're gonna have it's like no but, but and, and, a, and a lot of people though ju- try to just even justify yes. it or Rangers fans yes. would justify it it's like well but we've got him for several more years yeah. you know and 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 it turned out right for them. Mm-hmm. And it does kind of speak to the awareness of the GM for trusting why his lineup wasn't doing well. You know, he wasn't going mm-hmm. like, oh, they're all bums now. He's like, no, they're, they're, a lot of them are injured. Yeah. yeah. And when they get back to full health, Shinsu Chu, Adrian Beltre, when they mm-hmm. start doing the things they do. Like, Prince Fielder, man. Prince, yeah, yeah, Fielder yeah. as well. Like, yeah. it, it all came together the way it's supposed to and you would have expected that lineup yeah. to do. It's a scary middle of the lineup. Yeah. And, um, but I looking at the odds maybe for... To win the World Series, at least to win the AL pennant, I mean, you look at the the Blue Jays; they're three to one. You know, I mean, yeah. pretty pretty heavy favorites, oh, yeah. obviously, yeah. to go to the World Series. The Rangers, bigger underdogs. You're looking at maybe twelve or thirteen to one. So, kind of the major question I have about this series is what has to happen in this series for the Rangers to upset the Blue Jays? Oh man. Uh... Uh, a lot. Yes, <laughs> it's going to be a long upheaval. And personally, I don't think they have it in them. I, th- I, I think that there'll be three spirited, very fun games to watch. Yeah, they're all going to take four and a half hours. It, uh, yeah. And uh, but I see this as a sweep. I, I try have to, to agree, tr- but try. Try to tell me why. <laughs> Either it won't be a sweep, or what has to happen. I mean, does like does there have to be? Some sort of like plague at the Air Canada Center or the Rogers Center, whatever it's called now. Like, does everyone have to get a viral infection, and then that's that's how it happens? They win by default. I don't understand. Well, I think so. Right now, uh, as we just saw uh, with the rotations being set, it's Gallardo in Game One against Price. Correct. Correct. Yeah, I completely disagree with that 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 choice. But go on. So it's so that game, I mean, just in everything lined up, I gotta give that to the Blue Jays. Uh, yeah, and the, but then the fact that you don't have Hamels going against Price, Price. I think that that definitely uh, bumps up their chances to not be swept. Mm, maybe um, is that the, what they're going for? Maybe they're trying to. Get, I don't know because I feel like Hamels because and because Price. then you're going then you're going back to uh, to Texas mm-hmm. one and one. Yeah. And then you got two games in tech. You know, if you if you put up You're your Hamels against Price yeah. in Toronto, and you lose it, and then you got your next one. You know, the the Jays. Uh, I, I I think it. I think it'll be Marcus Stroman second. Did, I, don't know they they, out, I don't think they've released it. As they haven't come out with it yet. yet I mean, because so. Marcus Stroman has come back strong. I mean, for a guy who went out with an ACL tear was supposed to be the whole season. Yeah. It, that's incredible, um, and that's just that's like a, a secret weapon for a team that didn't need a secret weapon mm-hmm. to have a secret weapon like that come yeah. in is is ridiculous. <laughs> but he has only I think I, I was looking I think he's only pitched like four games since he's come back, so probably still could conceivably be a little rusty. Mm-hmm. So if you've got Stroman uh, or Strada or Dickey, Dickey g- yeah. guys who are good, but guys <clears throat> who can put up you know who can give up runs, you mm-hmm. know Dickey Dickey throws clunkers every so often. Um, you get a Hamels against them. Uh, you have uh, you have um, the Rangers who uh, their middle of the orders OBP machines who can just grind grind down. You know you grind them down. Then I then you I think you could get us one one split, and that's probably what the Rangers are, are thinking and maybe hoping for. And then you get back um, to Texas and and hope that you've got because you took a one one that you mm-hmm. got some energy. You, uh, yeah. And and then you can uh, use that home turf. Here's my thinking. <clears throat> 
I think you always want to put your best shot out there. Because mm-hmm. if you put Gallardo against Price, you're just throwing that game away. Like There's yeah. absolutely no way that Giovanni Gallardo is going to outpitch David Price in game one. Yeah. Why don't you at least put Hamels out there? I feel like he gives you a better shot to try to win, and then you sort of let the chips fall as they may. Because Gallardo yeah. is probably as good or better than the number two that they could throw out. So, I mean, you're, you're, I guess you're just kind of flipping. You're sort of flipping your thought process with it. Yeah. But because personally, I would want to see my best against the best. I don't want to just say, okay, well, this game is, this game's toast. The, the, the Jays are going to score six in the second inning and that's going to be it. I, I wonder to an extent, I'm just thinking back to the Jays have been so good against lefties. Like, like when the Baltimore uh, Orioles were earlier faking Wee and Chen injuries to keep him from pitching against the the Blue Jays. Allegedly. Allegedly. Alleged injuries. Uh, That I almost wonder if it's that they think both with the matchup of Price and the potential for blow-up, they just don't want to put their best pitcher against a team that could mash him on a given day and then just have that immediately just snowball from there. Like I wonder if it's almost a move out of fear. I can see that. I mean, because when you when you read me those numbers earlier tonight about their numbers against lefties, yeah. I, I mean, what what was it? It was um. Oh, I can't remember the exact number uh, we found, but we found that essentially, think, the Blue Jays against lefties are close enough to basically having Eric Hosmer bat all spots in the lineup. Yeah, their OPS was around eight hundred against a little over eight hundred. Yeah, yeah, a little over eight hundred against lefties. So basically, one through nine. Yeah, like you you're just facing Eric Hosmer, and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> over and over again. Um. But I, 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 I just I, I just feel like you need to you need to just take your chances with your horse. You 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 got him for That's this situation. That's your old school thinking, Ryan. I can't I know, I, I maybe you know what? I don't know. <laughs> um But also weren't we talking that it, it, it might also be a uh um the timing be, be the timing of of Hamill's yeah, rest as well. It may just, yeah, it may so just they, be that they, they want to get him on full rest. And and so I would say a combo of those two could conceivably be just yeah. enough to tip that scales where you're like let's let's do it. Maybe I mean I like the idea of of being one one and then going of, of at least getting a split. And I think that yeah. in a short series that benefits the road team because if you can go in, I mean the home team's got to win yeah. the first two games. Yeah, you can kind of get it. You can gain an advantage having the next two games at home and you're into the series. Maybe the yeah. jitters are gone, especially for the Blue Jays. They're, they may be tight, uptight yeah. the first time in the postseason for some of these guys. And and so, you know, I mean, it, I, I think that in a short series that could benefit Texas. Yeah. Will it? Maybe not. <laughs> I, but if, if the Blue Jays take those first two at home, I, I, I can't see the Rangers coming home and, and even winning one. No. I, I, I feel that's... I, I mean, raucous I, crowd in Arlington. They haven't had a postseason game since the 2011 World Series Game Six. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I mean, if they they've thrown Hamels out, a they've thrown seven, Gallardo out. Yeah, you know, if if they, man, if they because they're because they're going to come, they're going to basically. If Blue Jays counteract. held off Stroman till Game Three, yeah. and won the first two, yeah. and threw out Stroman against. I, we're thinking maybe Derek Holland, Colby Lewis. Derek Holland, Colby Lewis. Yeah, it. Are they not the same person? I don't really. Yeah. <laughs> And, yeah, I mean, Holm was Holm was great, and then he got injured, and he's come back, and just you know, he has the propensity. He has been great, but just hasn't put it quite together yet. After coming off yeah. that, just just awful, crappy injuries, yeah. <laughs> just horrible luck. And I think with the Blue Jays, what makes them dangerous in every single series is the Blue Jays game. 
and we know what that one that will be where the parrot trot happens a couple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, where, yeah. like, Jose Batista gets really angry and stares you down after every hit. Where <laughs> oh. Tro- you know, like, where Troy gets out. It's going to be that thing where they score somehow 10 runs go deep into the bullpen of the opposing team and just fry the other team for any usage the rest of the series. Yeah. It's going to happen almost every series and like that'll just that will create such a chain reaction that it's really hard to trust the pitching of any team going against them. And I talked a little bit about ago about how uh, the Royals were actually quite good offensively and they had, you know, I think it was like five players over 800 OPS and that you know those are good solid really good players. Um, Jays have three players over 900 OPS, <laughs> three of the top six AL batters, and Donaldson and Carnacion and Bautista. It's like that—that that is a insane murderer's row right yeah. there. And then it's not even taking into account. And they have and- Russell Martin, they have Chris Killabello, and then they have Tulo. They have mm-hmm. Tulo who who hasn't quite put together yet as a Blue Jay, but he's Tulo, and 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 yeah. you know you could just see him. Becoming a postseason hero, he could hit 400 for the whole postseason, and you'd be like, not surprised. Yeah, exactly. I want it so bad for him too. Yeah, I want yeah. him to just yeah. rake. But also, the, and then Blue Jays defense too. You got even they have so much firepower. They can put all the unheralded guys in. Like Justin Smoke is a pretty good vacuum at first base. Yeah. Kevin Pillar in center field. Uh, Ryan Goins is a really good utility guy. Like they picked up Ben Revere at the trade deadline. Yeah, like, a lesser known guy, yeah. but he's been an on base machine, and he's yeah. always been great. Wherever I mean, you know, he was always kind of toiling in in, in Philadelphia, yeah. but I mean, yeah, he, he's he's another guy too. They just sort of like, oh yeah, we'll just we'll just go ahead and just get Ben Revere, no problem. And to kind of put the two teams just in context, in a much broader context um, of of where they're kind of sitting in the league, um, or especially compared to each other, uh, the Jays scored 150 more runs this season than the Rangers, who I think were second place in runs. They're actually third. I have that. Third, third, oh, third. Yeah, they, they scored the Toronto scored 127 more runs than the second place offense, which I don't even care. Second place offense was that in the NL? No, that was in all of baseball. I know, that, but I'm saying oh, no. The, National League, I don't remember because I think I think Rangers might be second place in the AL. Oh, okay, and third place overall. Yeah, yeah. They also hit 232 home runs. Yep. Um, the last place team, the Atlanta Braves. How many home runs more do you think they hit than, than Atlanta? One, oh no, okay, two thirty. Uh, well, okay, maybe one twenty. Maybe more? okay. What do you think? I gotta. I'll just say one forty-five. One thirty-two. So you guys are oh, gonna right yeah, in the middle. Right there, Good yeah. job on that. But that's unbelievable. Well, first of all, Atlanta only hit a hundred home runs this yeah. year. That's unbelievable. But they more than doubled. Almost doubled. Yeah. So fun with Jay's offensive numbers. These are gonna be fun to look at in a few years and be like. If they don't win the World Series, you'd be like, and, "Why? <laughs> what yeah. happened?" And we, you know, and we are, you know, we're really heralding them as the offensive team. But I also, you know, in looking up runs, I saw that they also only allowed 670 runs versus the Rangers 730. Yeah. So they were just overall a a solid, solid team. Yeah, and uh, and we were we uh, the three of us have been talking a little bit before we started uh, about if you look at their Pythag or. Um, Base runs, which is kind of like a Pythagorean theorem, is is if you do the runs, uh, if you go just by runs allowed and runs scored, what their what you would expect their their record, um, to, be. Their record to be. So Jays were ninety three and sixty nine. If you go Pythagorean theorem, they should have been one hundred three and fifty nine. <laughs> Ten more wins. And if you yeah. even go by base runs, which base runs is a is a little is a more uh, a sabermetric kind of. Uh, 
analytically inclined number, which I fully don't even understand, but my understanding of it is that you take sequencing out and kind of try and take as much randomness as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you hit, uh, as Ryan was ex- and I was explaining to me earlier, you know, if you hit a single every inning, you got nine hits, but you got no runs. Maybe no runs. Yeah. So, so if you, but then if you bunch those nine singles up in one inning, you know, you get six, get seven, seven runs. runs. You probably win the game. Um, and so, uh, so base runs is a way to kind of try and take out all that sequencing and that randomness. And even with base runs, a bunch of teams that that perform well, which we can maybe talk a little bit when we get to them, um, not so well when you take base runs into account. Blue Jays, best team in baseball when you take out sequencing. <laughs> yeah. Still, hundred they should have gotten 101 by just their pure offensive metrics Jeez. and their defense yeah. and their pitching. They should have won over 100 games. Well, I mean, Texas... In the in the fielding percentage and the bullpen amongst the playoff teams, they rank last in uh, in, in bullpen ERA, and they rank second to last in fielding percentage. So they don't have they don't have quite the firepower. They're they're, they're not going to be able to out hit the Jays. Mm-mm. They're not going to be able to out pitch the Jays. I think it's a sweep. But yeah, by personally. base runs, uh, Rangers were a 500 team, there 81 and 81. There you yeah. go. So I'm going with a sweep too. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd say sweep. Yeah. It's going to get more interesting when we get to the next round, but we'll, we'll, we'll that, that's a whole yes. other story for that. So, so the one other matchup that we have uh, is in the National League again because we don't know the Cardinals are going to play the winner of the wild card game. Do you think the Cardinals have a decent shot quickly? Do you think they have a? Do, do, do you think that 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 team can beat one of these two teams uh, that win that that win that w- could win the wild card game? I feel like. And this is where it gets frustrating. The only teams that I feel would have a better ch- shot against the Cardinals are playing each other in the wild card game. Mm. I feel like I know it's. I, I feel exactly the same way. The problem with the Dodgers and the Mets is that they have not as much depth as the wild card guys, um, and that depth is going to be exposed by the Cardinals, who have nothing but depth. Mm-hmm. I was joking in an earlier podcast that the, the Cardinals are just the, a hydra of baseball teams. You cut down Matt Holliday, Steve Piscotty, Ryan Lagrichek, yeah. Tony Pham grows in his place. <laughs> yeah. Like, it doesn't matter who yeah. you injure or throw out or whatever. They're yeah. going to have a bunch of new players grow in and do the exact same thing. Yeah, Adam Wainwright and, gets hurt, and they have three other guys on the farm that can throw 100 miles an hour. And like, oh, I'm ready to go, guys. Okay, great. <laughs> and it, like, as, a, as an AL fan, I was like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll check out kind of like you know, the depth charts, kind of like get a little bit familiar before Yeah, they won this. 100 games. R- remind what myself, is this all about? Yeah. yeah, remind myself about the NL, that it exists, you know. <laughs> all those things, uh, and I was and I went, you know, and, and I'm familiar enough with with like the, the Cubs. Everyone's been talking about the Cubs and, yeah. and and the Pirates, but I went to look at the Cardinals depth chart and was like, who are these people? <laughs> like some like some of them I had known or I'd heard of, but I'm like, I thought they were backups or mm-hmm. you know, uh, and they're all and they're all starters on a on a uh, on a hundred win team. Yeah, it's I hate to say this comparison because it's. It just makes my skin crawl. The Cardinals are basically the Patriots of MLB. Hmm. There's the Cardinals way and the insufferable fan base. Sorry, everyone. But the way they play and the way the Patriots play is they'll adjust to whatever they need to do and play whichever way they need to play Mm -hmm. and play it excellently to make your team lose. So the Cardinals are a team that they're not spectacular in any one facet of the game, but they're better than you in every single facet of the game. So, like, number one pitching overall. Yeah, right. It's like second bullpen overall. Oh, yeah. Their offense is serviceable. And, and there's just, there's no, you know, it's like Lance Lynn's not scary by himself, 
but he's really scary when you're facing Lackey after that, Michael Walker after that, Jaime Garcia after that. Yeah, and Carlos all... Martinez is some sort of weird hybrid of like, oh, is he in the bullpen? Is he going to be starting? Well, he, like... Carlos Martinez is injured, so he's, yeah. uh, he's yeah. I'm just saying the... in general, yeah. though, like, I mean, that's the, kind of the idea of it, too. And, and yeah. so it's basically just Borgs or Mr. Smiths that just keep coming <laughs> mm-hmm. again and again and again. They all look the same and pitch the same and have the same ethic and technique behind it, and it just it wears you out. The depth, yeah. The depth is what does it. Their fans are annoying, though. Their oh, fans absolutely, are ridiculous, <laughs> <And> annoying. <laughs> and as a continuation of that, car- of just their their bizarre magic, um, you know, uh, we just talked a second ago about how Blue Jays should have won even even more. You know, it was an even better team if you go by by the base runs and take it all their sequencing and the craziness and randomness. Uh, Cardinals are the number one team, strangely tied with the Royals for hmm. uh, overperforming team. As oh. far as ba- if, if you that that just got got sequencing, got yeah. stranding, got all the things that uh, that take a lot of luck or craziness, or you know, I'm sure some people would call it a, a special skill to yeah. to overperform. It's, but it it's says all, yeah. according to base runs, they were an 89 and 73 team. What makes it hard is, and it reminds me a lot of what the Tampa Bay Rays were uh, mm-hmm. from like yeah. 08 to 11 or 12, where. They kept somehow having luck on their side, which starts to imply that some luck is relatively controllable through certain techniques yes. that just aren't widespread. And yeah. that's how the Cardinals seem to be. It's, it's the depth that they have on every position yeah. and the guys who do the same thing with just different names. Um, and then, then you, uh, you have to say the guy who like is prototypical of what the Cardinals approaches is Jason Hayward, where you look at him and you go, he's really good at a lot of things. He doesn't do anything that... Like amazingly, yeah, well. amazingly yeah. well. But he's really good at all aspects of the game. And you look at the end of year numbers, like, oh, yep, he's leading the team in WAR has like five point four, mm-hmm. and that's just what the Cardinals are. They're all kind of right around there. You're not going to get your eight, your nine, but you're going to get your threes, your fours, your fives, and the, combined, that's a hundred wins, right? Yeah, there. when I you mean, have they, the entire team of that, yeah. that'll do it. So, I feel like the proper teams would be teams who can match them with closest depth, which would be depth, which would be both Cubs and Pirates, and then teams that are frankly precocious enough to go balls out like i i feel the dodgers will get thin really quickly against mm-hmm. them and and the same thing with the mets so well let's start with that then yeah let's do it so that is our last series um dodgers and mets you know we live in los angeles we have a lot of dodger fan friends they can all go to hell <laughs> um but really i feel like looking at these two teams i mean because i fall obviously nls fall the dodgers I had my eye on the Mets a little bit this year, too. The thing that defined both of their seasons was pitching from top to bottom. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're talking starters and bullpen. And so it's interesting that these two teams who are pretty similar, I think it's great that they're both going to match up. Because I think I think it's a, it, this has a p- potential to maybe be the best overall series, I think, out of all of them. I think it has a chance to go the distance. I think it will. Um, <clears throat> but I think it's going to be defined by the pitching. Yep. How do you think that that goes for each team? I mean, from top to bottom, how do you think that that plays out for each team in the series? Um, one thing that we discovered today that I really, really like that the Mets are doing is they're, they're pitching Matt Harvey in the third game. So that means right. they're throwing out DeGrom first, then Syndergaard second. Mm. And both of those guys, because same thing, they're a little bit younger, they've been a little bit shakier as the year's gone on, especially DeGrom, who's had some really bad stinkers uh, in the past month, yeah. yeah. Um, that you're saying these guys, when they're hot, could shut down the opposing lineup and match Kershaw and Granky pitch for pitch. But if they don't, 
now our best pitcher comes out in the third game, mm-hmm. and that's where it, you know. But you said you said Matt Harvey. You're talking about Bartolo Colon, right? Oh, I hope Colon gets as much time during. <laughs> like I need, he needs one at bat in the playoffs Please. to make me happy. Please, oh yeah. Could you imagine just how insane it would go if if it was an extra inning game? You know, like 17, 18 innings, and uh, and the last guy on the bench. It's gets gets injured. Yeah, gets injured, and they're like, "We got to pinch hit. We got to pinch hit for him." Who do we and have? Cologne steps up, puts that helmet on, <laughs> and goes and gets the ugliest single in the world as the but helmet falls off. As the yeah. helmet falls yeah. off, swing. Yeah. Oh, that 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 would be that would immediately just vault up to one of the best postseason games in history. But he even then, Cologne. I, I think I don't know who's pitching the fourth game. I don't think they've said that yet. But if it's Cologne. That's not that bad. That's he's been really, really good. good this month. Yeah, like he got iffy during the middle, but he kind of picked it back up, and he's pitching long innings. Yeah, and, and I and I think the but I think the counter to that would be that the Dodgers could potentially bring whoever pitches game one, whether the Kershaw or Greinke, mm-hmm. to face him, which would then tilt the scales back yep. in the Dodgers' favor. Um, and that wouldn't shock me. There seems no seems very likely because after Kershaw and Greinke, you've got Brett Anderson. With his first healthy season in a long, <laughs> Ever, long time, yeah. <laughs> uh, who started to fade a little bit, yeah. and then who? Alex Wood, maybe, maybe? Mike Bolsing. I don't know yeah. who you put in. Probably go right back to Kershaw. Yeah, I mean, and that that would be the best plan of attack because those guys. I mean, Wood's been okay, but I think that they were maybe expecting a little bit more, and he's under team control, and so he's going to be with them for a while. They're they're more playing him for the future, I think, but. Um, I mean, Mattingly is just going to ride both of these guys. He saw what Bumgarner did last year. I mean, you 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 can do that in the postseason. Hopefully, for Dodger fans, that he knows that 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 he's learned that, and that hey, it's okay to to pitch these guys because there's a day off in between each game practically, and so you you ha- it allows you the leeway. But the problem with that thinking is though, is it ignores what happened the year before. Kershaw didn't go go to crap in a vacuum, like yeah, he, no, yeah, there there were it, he it, it got, all snowballed. Yeah, yeah, he got worn out by having to pitch, like by being pitched too close in those games, mm-hmm. and you could see the wear and tear on him just in that playoff series alone. Like I think for this, I think it'll work for this series, but I think if you start pitching those guys too close together and hope they go really really long innings because you can't trust anyone leading into the bullpen. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the wearout factor, and it may not show this series. They may win this series, but it's going to play dividends whoever they play in the NLCS. Yes, and that's when it'll start to really show, and then they're going to end up losing to the Cardinals again, probably. Exactly. So, yeah. You know, that's that's kind of where nothing I'm at. gives me greater joy than I mean, like okay, like whatever, <laughs> like the Dodgers losing, whatever. I'm a Giants fan, but for them to lose to the Cardinals in three straight playoffs would just be just the best, frankly. Well, it's it's the thing. It's it's they. They build the teams a different way. Dodgers, for whatever reason, are... And I don't think they even mean to be, but they're stars and scrubs in a lot of ways. Like, they build their team by buying a bunch of guys and then getting the special card in MLB 05 that lets them get the classic team from the 05 Phillies. <laughs> oh, I got the infield from the Phillies. Jimmy yes! Rollins and Chase Utley. It's going right. to be a great team. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait, it's 10 years later. And yeah. They're not good anymore. And so it, it's... The holes are going to show. Mm-hmm. Um... And I don't know where the offense is going to be coming from either, because 
Gonzo's Adrian Gonzalez is going to be doing what he does. Mm-hmm. Justin Turner's had a pretty good season. Um, Puig's injured and hopefully he can come back, but mm-hmm. he hasn't been. He's, he hasn't been the same. Puig in all season. Year, yeah. Um, Seager has been a fun rookie, but yeah. he's a rookie. Yeah, you don't know. I mean, but, you, know, you know what you're going to get out of him. Yeah, and but what do you do? You throw you like you, for catchers. You throw Grendahl out there, and then you, he whiffs a couple times and goes home. Or you send AJ Ellis, and he takes a lot of pitches, and gets a single, but can't yeah. do any more than that. Yeah, you send out Jock Peterson as a pinch hitter, and then he just looks Completely like Adam Dunn in his most hopeless <laughs> years. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's. The holes are going to be there. They're going to get the games because the pitchers will give it to them. But once those cracks show, I just don't see – I see the other teams taking advantage of it. Yeah. So, the, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. The reason I think they get past the Mets is just that the Mets are having the young pitcher issue. Yeah. They're all guys who haven't pitched that much. They're all wearing down a little bit. And I feel like they can be got by the right – the top two pitchers yeah, in the Dodgers, especially in the five-game series. Yeah, I mean, the offense is, is interesting. I mean, because, I mean, the Mets, we were just talking about it, too. The Mets, all of their, was it their, their highest OPS guys yeah. have come oh. from guys who weren't even on the team at the beginning of the year. So they're totally different from the team that they were before. They made similar off, you know, uh, trade deadline moves as the Blue Jays did. Maybe not as flashy, not as big, but they, they addressed needs, which is, hey, we have three or four really, really good young pitchers we need to get them some runs so yep. that we can, and they did, and they just took off. I mean, the Nationals melted down a little bit, but yeah. I mean, a, a lot little, of it, really, yeah. yeah. All, all the bits, every bit possible. <laughs> every bit way that they could, they did. You have to remember, I will say it again, the Nationals had their peak of their season, their closer, who no one wanted to get, strangled the best player in the league. Which was just, <laughs> it a, just, happened. just a microcosm of their entire season. Yeah. It was just the perfect metaphor. Yeah. And then the manager sent the closer out to close. Oh, but why did he do that, though? Because he's a closer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. It makes no sense. Um, well, I guess, well, what, okay, we talked a little bit about Don Mattingly. I'm curious, I guess from both of you, what is he going to do with this series that will just send Dodger fans off a cliff? Because he will do something that will make us scratch our heads. When you were talking about Bartolo Colon coming in in the 17th yeah. or 18th inning, my idea was Mattingly will intentionally walk him. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is that is like the level of something. But then again, he'll do that and nobody will be surprised. Like, it'll just be like, oh, it'll, it'll be something so egregious, like Kenley Jansen won't get into any of the games in the series. You yeah. know, just because it's like, oh, we, the, this, the situation doesn't appeal for it or something like that. He's going to do something that'll make just go, what the hell, Don Manley? <laughs> like, you're given this amazingly put-together Stars and Scrubs team, and you could barely win 90 games, and you lose in the playoffs every year. He's, he's going to be... There's two things that I, I suspect Mattingly will do, and it's pretty prototypical of just bad managers. Bad managers are bad all in kind of the same ways. Good managers are good and wonderful, unique butterfly ways. Uh... Like, one, I imagine him being a bit too rigid with the bullpen, um, which is going to be disastrous because their bullpen is... Awful. Awful. <laughs> it's, you've got Kenley Jansen, and then no one else Ooh. worth trusting, and, you know, you end up gonna, he's going to end up putting the game in the hands of Luis Avilon or Juan Nicasio or, or yeah, yeah, somebody of these guys. You know, someone who shouldn't be in there in a high-leverage moment because... They have nobody Henry else. Jansen, yeah. He's our closer. Yeah. Hey, hey, come on. Juan Nicasio's got a 2% home run fly ball ratio. Wow. <laughs> so numbers back him up. <laughs> oh, man. And and then the other thing you can imagine him doing is being a bit too reactive, particularly to the mo- emotional moment, which is another thing. He tends not to 
try to think uh, 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 logically about some of the decisions he makes. It'll be it's very similar to if the crowd's rocking or things are happening. He's mm-hmm. going to be sending out the wrong guy, yeah. or he's going to be playing a lefty righty matchup when the splits aren't the lefty righty matchup yeah. he wants. Yeah, you know, it's going to be adhering too much to the common wisdom. Um, you're going to see Seager drop down a bunt to move someone to second at yeah. some point, and it's going to be the worst. Yeah. <laughs> he has to know that not every guy is going to grind into a double play, right? He has to know that hits are a thing. <laughs> he doesn't need to get a, he doesn't need to get the guy in scoring position and give up an out every single time. Yeah, it's, I like to think that he knows that, but I'm not so sure. The, the tyranny of the sacrifice bond is still well and alive, and it's, it's, there's nothing that drives me crazier than that giving up an out. Yeah, so I mean, quickly to wrap it up here, who do you think has the offensive advantage? Because we talked so much about the pitching. The Mets pitchers are no slouches themselves. I mean, I know they, they've they've faded a little bit down the stretch, but I kind of think it's really even. I mean, the, the offensive production between both teams, I love that Juan Uribe is going to be involved because Juan Uribe does wonderful things for every team that he touches in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. And Dodgers fans will know that. And I think that they will be deathly afraid of him doing something, and I can guarantee that he will in, the, in, in these five games. He will do something. Um, but, I mean, I... I I just can't see the one team coming out ahead, especially with the pitching on both sides. Is like this is like clearly an advantage for somebody else. I yeah. Mean, do you see anything in there that's like yes, like this is going to give one team the advantage over the other offensively? You can't, right? Like, yeah. It's so it's so difficult. I feel like you can look at every position. It's like that's uh, kind of a wash. That's a wash. That's kind of a wash here and there too. Yeah. If you w- if you were to just take each lineup and put them against each other, it, um, it res- like irrespective of the pitchers. I'd probably go with the Mets because I just feel like they've got, with Wright coming back and playing pretty well, Darno coming back and playing pretty well, they've got enough guys uh, who are, even though they've been really cold the past couple weeks, they're not going to the playoffs hot, but that usually doesn't matter. Yeah. They've got enough guys who can do exciting things that you can trust to do exciting things. Whereas the Dodgers, you have old, the old, reliable Adrian Gonzalez, and then... <laughs> yeah, then a lot of things like Justin Turner, can he keep it up? Mm-hmm. Uh, is Seager going to hit any kind of a rookie wall? Yeah. Um, he's very, very talented, but there's always the question with rookies that aren't that don't play for the Chicago Cubs. Right. Um, and, and so, like, in isolation, yeah, I'd probably go Mets, but against Kershaw and Granke, you just immediately go, well, that neuters that. Yeah. And there there yeah. goes there goes the offense for that team. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm going to be really curious to see what happens this series. I... I I want to say Kershaw turns it around because he's just this can't keep up. I mean, he's the best pitcher on the planet. Oh yeah, and he certainly yeah. can't keep having. I mean, he's like zero and four with a seven ERA in his last like two postseasons. Like, yeah, I don't think that's gonna quite keep up. I think he's on his game, but I think that they probably blow one of the cranky Kershaw games. I just I, mm. I just can't help but think that. And they can't afford to. Is no, the they can't because yeah. then you're throwing Brett Anderson against Matt Harvey in New York, which is advantage Mets. 100 percent yeah um i actually i picked the dodgers to win in five just because of what we talked about it's a short series they can pitch those guys two or three times you know maybe twice each who knows um but it's definitely going to be super close yeah i pick i pick dodgers in five but in such a way that you can see the pretensions of bad things in the next series yeah you can just you'll start to see kershaw probably being pitched too much in too Mm -hmm. many like in too many moments same thing with granky Mm -hmm. getting a little thrown off by not being able to do his thing every five days like he likes Mm -hmm. like i I just see the good things that are going to happen in the first five games are going to be things that cut back on whatever games they play after that yeah 
well, this should be a fun time. We have the NOL card tomorrow. We have uh, Friday. It kind of all starts in earnest, really. And uh, it'll probably be over in, like, what, a week and a half or something? And then we'll yeah. probably uh, we'll come back and we'll um, talk about how wrong or right we were from the last one. And we'll, <laughs> Man, and we'll... judging by my ALS preview, <laughs> I don't know what to think. <laughs> so, Texas, uh, you're on, I guess. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah. you're going to – if you're going by Josh's logic, you have a chance to win this series. I'm, I'm sorry, Blue Jays, if this is <laughs> – at least they happens. made it. They made it to the playoffs. They're I excited. I, that That's going to be a lot of fun to see. So uh, thank you to both of my guests, Jimmy and Josh. I really appreciate it. You can uh, Thanks follow, for having us. No thank problem. you for having us yeah. as well. You can uh, follow us on Facebook, I McCarran Podcast Jimmy. Network. I'm trying to plug the show here, guys. McCarran <laughs> Podcast Network. You can look at us on Facebook. Uh, if you don't know how to spell it, how do you? How did you find this in the first place? So, uh, yeah, we will uh, check in with you guys soon. Enjoy the ball games.